With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hello, 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 and welcome. This is episode 28 of Talk the Plank, an SB Nation podcast, a part of Buck's Dugout. I'm Nathan Hirsch, and I'm here today to talk some Buckos baseball. You know, one series after having arguably the best series they've had all season, taking three out of four against the St. Louis Cardinals in St. Louis. The Pirates follow it right up with a big old stinker. Three-game sweep. They have been swept at Colorado against the Rockies, who the Rockies are a really good home team this season, 28-16. and 16, But uh, when you can only score two runs total, over a three-game span at Coors Field. That is pretty pathetic. Uh, the Pirates' only two runs came today in the first inning in a 6-2 to two loss. Um, Adam Frazier led things off with a triple. Brian Hayes sack flied him in. Brian Reynolds hit a tape measure home run, but that was all of the offense in this one, in this series for the Pirates. And... Uh, Joining me today, we have producer Jeremy. Radio Jake is not with us for this episode, but we got Jeremy with us right now. Jeremy, what is going on? Uh, an absolute shit show, but I mean, <laughs> what have we come to expect from the Pittsburgh Pirates at this point? Yeah, I mean, you look at it, 2 to nothing on Monday, 8 nothing yesterday, 6-2 today. Uh, the Pirates were nearly no hit yesterday in their 8 nothing loss. German Marquez for the Rockies was, I mean, he was flat-out awesome. One walk, one hit, that's all he allowed. But, uh, yeah, I mean, just looking at the Pirates lineup this in a few, in a few games this series, it's just pathetic. Um, Colin Moran, obviously, he got... He got dinged up. He got hit by a pitch on the hand in the first game of the series, I believe. And uh, so he's been out. Luckily for him, nothing's broke, no broken bones, nothing crazy. But uh, him being out of the lineup really hurts. Um, And, you know, you just look at it. I'm looking at yesterday's lineup. They gave Brian Reynolds the day off. Ben Gamble was hitting third. That's all you really need to know. Today, Ben Gamble was hitting fourth. That's all you really need to know. He didn't get a single hit in either of those two games. Um, I get it. I, I believe he had some pretty nice career numbers at Coors Field. It was like 11 for 28 before this series, but small sample size. This lineup is just 
pretty abysmal after you get past Frazier, Hayes, and Reynolds. And you look at it today, the Pirates' four through eight hitters were one for 18 in today's six to two loss. The team had five hits. Two of them came from Frazier. Two of them came from Reynolds. Kai Tom, yesterday's hero, the guy who got the hit to break up the no-hitter, also got a meaningless ninth inning, nothing hit today. And, uh, yeah, I mean... I don't know if it's fair to call it, Kai Tom it, a hero. Like, I mean, I understand why... A hero in that he broke that up title, the But uh, it's probably the least deserving hero title ever <laughs> given out in the history of baseball. But at the same time, I mean, you look at this lineup, and Abysmal is right, but add on the fact they were at Coors Field, arguably the best hitting park in the whole league, and they still couldn't get their offense going. That's just incredibly bizarre to me, Nate. It's just, it's it's frustrating because they also, like, they came off of three wins in St. Louis. And I'm not saying that, you know, that that you carry over, but you would think, like, okay, maybe you start to feel some momentum here, but, you know, we have to regress back to the mean it's. Yeah, I mean, you look at it, six hits on Monday, one hit yesterday, five hits today at Coors Field where it's like 100 acres of outfield. They couldn't they couldn't get any balls to land. Yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty pretty terrible. The offense was just flat-out terrible. Can't say that about Brian Reynolds, though. In today's game, he got on base every single time. Uh, he was two for two with two walks. You can pretty much explain the walks uh, because, you know, Ben Gamble was hitting right behind him. So why not just attack Ben Gamble and let Reynolds have first base there? But, yeah, I mean, you look at it, the four through nine in this game, Ben Gamble, Philip Evans, Kevin Newman, Michael Perez, Kai Tom, and then obviously Chad Cool, the pitcher. It really doesn't get worse than that. I, I would... I would wager that there are some double-A lineups with more thump in their four through eight than the Pirates had today. And it's only going to get worse. It's only going to get worse because you look at Brian Reynolds, and he's really making it hard for the team to not trade him. I mean, his value has skyrocketed in the month. That's probably been the best part of the month of June for the Pirates is Brian Reynolds. And, you know, he's batting now 316. He's getting even closer to Adam Frazier. He's only about 10 points behind him batting average-wise. So I think it's only going to get worse because if they trade off Reynolds and Frazier on the 31st next month, then you're looking at Kai Tom and Ben Gamble probably getting a lot more playing time in center field. And you're looking at the abysmal 4 through 8 being saturated up at top of the lineup as well. And, the, like, honestly, what's going to salvage the season, well, I wouldn't say it's salvage the season for the Pirates, but what is going to give them an intrigue in the next, you know, second half of the season is getting some new blood in there. Whether it, whether it comes from the trades that they make for, you know, whichever guys they end up dealing, Frazier, Reynolds, and, you know, possibly Richard Rodriguez, um, or, you know, getting some of those young guys up from double-A, triple-A, because at this point, yeah, 
some double A lineups might have a little bit of thump, and you might as well soak uh, soak that up from your own farm system at this point, because at this point you're not playing for anything, and the guys that you're playing are all quad A guys. I mean, Kai Tom is is quad A, although he's had a relatively, you know, I guess he had a hit today and a hit yesterday, and we're we're calling that good from him. Like getting <laughs> two hits and seven at bats. I mean, can, like, are we supposed to clap for that? That's like what I would expect out of an outfielder. Um, at least a good, good player, you know? Um, but at this point, Nate, it's just like we're playing a bunch of quad A players and it's getting, you know, Phil Evans kind of has worn off after his hot start at the beginning of the season. Yeah. So it's just. We need this. This lineup needs a shakeup real bad, and it's gonna get one real soon, I think. And it's not in the way that is gonna make the rest of the season very fun, but hopefully, it will give us some of those. Like that's the thing is, if you're gonna send away the two best players on the team, you might as well throw in some exciting prospects in there, at least for us fans to watch. So that we have something to look forward to. We have a reason to tune into these games. Because the Pirates aren't giving many people a reason to watch. Uh, other than us. Like, they they have to watch the game so that they listen to the podcast and at least know what we're referencing. Right? That's the only reason w- why people should watch Pirates games for the last half of the season. So that they can listen to us and at least have some kind of context, Nate. That's, that's the only reason why I'm watching. So that I can listen to the podcast, that's for sure. Yeah, I will say, though, if the Pirates trade Brian Reynolds, I will be extremely disappointed. I mean, I get it. The value's high. He has four years of control after this season, so they could potentially get, you know, a king's ransom in return for him. But, I mean, I I think he's a building block for the future of this team. Uh, I really do. And, and that's I, why you keep him. You keep yeah. him because he's got four years of control. But at the same time, like, I, I'm curious to see what kind of offers he's he's yielding right now. Because if if Frazier was yielding a couple of weeks ago, like a top hundred prospect and a low and a lower prospect, then I don't, can only imagine Brian Reynolds is yielding something similar. Because I believe he is he's a he's younger than Frazier and. Yeah. He plays in the outfield, so that that gives him multiple positions uh, for you to, to pluck him in. So that that is appealing as as well. And look, I'm not saying to they should or they shouldn't, but I think there's value in both options. There's definitely value in keeping them. There's but there's also you know we need to have that conversation now. There is value in letting him go as well. There is, and I and I will say, I mean, if if Frazier gets you, you know, maybe like a top one hundred prospect, I guarantee you, right now, Brian Reynolds gets you double what Adam Frazier would get you because he does have more years of contro- control. He is better. I mean, there's there's no other way to put it. He is better than Adam Frazier, and he is younger. So I do think that Brian Reynolds would uh, he would he would bring back a larger return than Frazier. I just think though that. Reynolds and Hayes, you put them together, that is the core. And in the coming, you know, year or two, some of these other guys are brought up. And, uh, you know, you start – it starts looking like you have a better team 
as you can hear the fireworks in the background, I, I believe. Oh, 4th of July came early for you? Yeah, it's 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 being celebrated all month, pretty much. Hey, I'm, I'm month totally next month. Okay probably the any any reason to celebrate is is a great reason to celebrate, in my opinion. Exactly. So yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. Obviously, Frazier, he's he's destined to go. It does look like though at this point, Adam Frazier will be the starting second baseman. That'll do so much for his trade value. So I much. think too. Uh, he. I looked at it this morning. I think he had like 45% of the votes. And uh, Ozzy Albies, who's in second place, had about 34% of the vote. And voting ends tomorrow. So I don't, I don't want to jump to conclusions here. But I think Frazier is uh, he's going to get that. And we'll find, out. we'll find out Sunday. Not. Yeah, and we'll find out. Sunday. I think that's... A questionable decision by Major League Baseball to announce the All-Star teams on the 4th of July. Yeah. But, yeah, oh that's well. Pretty... It is funny because the... It's funny because the Pirates' top three, Frazier, Hayes, and Reynolds, honestly, you could stack that up with a lot of top threes. In a, lot of, a lot of contenders would be happy with, with that as your one, two, three. The whole MLB, exactly. But, yeah, four through nine without Moran... Without, you know, Stallings has really cooled off. Polanco's back under 200. If these guys were just replacement level, this would be a totally different ball club. But here we are. They're 29 and 50. Just want to talk about the pitching a little bit here. Um, Pretty much before we sign off. Chad Cole started today. Four and a third. Three earned runs. Six strikeouts, which you like to see. But three walks, not great. He hit a guy. Seems like he hits a guy every start. A little wild. First three innings looked really good. The fourth inning, he gave up a bomb. And then in the fifth inning, he gave up a few walks, a few hits. The wheels kind of fell off, and that was pretty much it for him. Um, yesterday, Tuesday, Chase DeYoung got the start. He was not really that good. I believe he went five innings, gave up five earned runs. Pretty much what you would expect from Chase DeYoung, and then um, Monday, Tyler Anderson got the start. I thought this was going to be sort of a revenge game for him. Five innings pitched, gave up two earned runs, looked pretty decent, brought the ERA down to 4.75, but uh, he got the loss because the Pirates obviously couldn't score a run. I will say, talking about trade assets, Anderson, at the beginning of the season, it looked like he might be someone that a team would want to acquire. Then he kind of got lit up a little bit for a while. But I will say, every start, he's pitched at least five innings. Um, He's been pretty decent over his past few starts. I think Tyler Anderson has a chance to – I mean, I think he'll be traded, and the Pirates obviously won't get a lot for him. He's only on a one-year deal. He's a free agent next season or at the end of this season. But I think there's there's a chance that, you know, you look at Sherrington and what he's been doing with his trades. He's been trying to pile up basically a bunch of lottery tickets, lottery ticket guys, young guys, you know, 19, 20-year-old guys that need to be developed and shaped before they get to the majors eventually. I think Tyler Anderson has a chance to bring back one of those types of guys that – is really young. He's not a top 100 prospect by any means, but he's young. He's toolsy. 
he needs developed, and then maybe in a few years he develops into a pretty nice prospect. Kind of like how the Pirates got O'Neill Cruz for Tony Watson, you know, three or four years back. And you look at O'Neill Cruz now, I mean, he's tearing it up in double A. He should be called up fairly soon to triple A. And he's, he's one of these guys that the Pirates are really hoping can uh, turn out. We'll see what Tyler Anderson can bring back in a potential trade. Yeah, and that's exactly why Ben Sherrington acquired Tyler Anderson in the offseason, to be like a Tony Watson. You know, you, you just throw him out there. He, he eats up innings, similar to the reason why they got Trevor Cahill, although Cahill hasn't uh, really amounted to much of anything this season. But, I mean, that's why you Tyler Anderson always had more of a chance to showcase more than – than Trevor Cahill, and and yeah, you know, he has shown enough, you know, I don't know if they'll get much, but I mean, you if you think of Tyler Anderson, I could totally see a couple of, you know, contenders, or at least teams that might be chasing for a wild card spot that might be looking for just another arm, like, just a way to kind of, like, maybe like a sixth or a seventh inning guy, I don't even think he needs to be seen as a starter, because it when, when the rotations crunch in the postseason... I wouldn't think that Tyler Anderson is going to be one of the team's best three pitchers, at least any of the good teams that are currently right there. But I could see a team that's like, I don't know, like Cleveland or like just a team like, I would say like Cleveland makes sense. Maybe um, I'm trying like Atlanta, like if Atlanta is really trying to make a move, like make a last ditch effort, you know, boost up their their rotation that's been demolished by injuries all year. You know, I could totally see that scenario where Tyler Anderson becomes available for a team like that or, you know, is a person of interest there because that is ultimately, you know, when when you're going down the stretch, those are the kind of players that teams are looking for, just like kind of low-risk, high-reward guys. And I think... Now that you mention it, I think in in a list of players likely to be, likely to be traded. Now that you mention it, I'd say Frazier's definitely number one. I'd say Tyler Anderson is probably number two, and then Brian Reynolds is number three. Only because Brian Reynolds, out of those three, has the highest upside with the Pirates currently. He's also the youngest out of those three, has the most years of control, and he's the best player out of those three. If we're yeah. being honest. Also, don't forget Rich Rod. Rich Rod, one thousand percent, will be traded. At some yeah, Rich point. Rod will probably. Yeah, I would say those four three, for sure. I put him number three because he has more years of control, and it will be harder. His price is nowhere near as large as. Uh, it's it. His price is definitely a lot lower than a Tyler Anderson. So I think it's going to be easier to deal Anderson. Rich Rod. The thing with him is. Like, I, I do think there's a scenario where his value can in, improve and he isn't seen as this guy. Like, I don't think a team's going to trade for him to be a closer. I think a team's probably going to look for him to be more of an eighth-inning guy or maybe even a, a seventh-inning guy. Yeah. But the thing with those teams, like, I could see maybe, I don't know, throwing throwing a team out there, maybe like a, like a San Diego or something like that. that it needs bullpen help for yeah, sure. Yeah, or... I think I think San Diego makes a lot of sense. Uh, the Astros make a ton of sense for Richard Rodriguez. Their bullpen has been disgusting over the last month or so, and yeah. they could use a guy like him at the in the eighth inning, possibly. You know, maybe he does get some chances to close for the Astros. They I know Ryan Presley's there, and he's 
you know, picked it up lately, but he's uh, not the person that I feel, you know, with the utmost confidence in. But at the, at the same time, I feel like most good teams have a closer that you always feels a little bit shaky. But at the end of the day, I think Richard Rodriguez, he's probably third on that list, I'd say. I'd say Anderson gets dealt before he does, to be honest. Yeah, Anderson would definitely be easier to ship off. He has, I would say, lower value than Rich Rod. Some sleeper names I'll toss out to you, though, in the bullpen that I could see the Pirates most definitely trading. One is uh, Kyle Crick, who, you know, he's been the Pirates' setup guy this year. He's still walking. He's walking over six batters per nine innings. I mean, the control is... It's crazy bad. I mean, the ERA, it is funny. The ERA is at 257, and the XFIP is at 587. So he has been pretty lucky in his 21 innings this season. But who knows? Maybe perhaps a team takes a flyer on him. He has years of control, kind of like Rich Rod. Another name I'll throw out there for you, though, who I think will get traded at some point, and nobody's really talking about this because – He's been pretty underrated for the Pirates all season long, and that's Chris Stratton. I kind of jokingly said that I forgot he was in the bullpen uh, in one of these pods a a few pods ago because he's just been silently solid all season year. Uh, Silently good all season, sorry. Uh, 41 and two-thirds innings pitched before today. I forget if he pitched today. Let me double-check here. Uh, Yeah, he pitched today. He gave up an earned run, so... 42 and a third innings pitch. The ERA is at 274. So he's been really nice all season. The XFIP is higher. Before today, it was at 395. But I just think a team could use someone like Chris Stratton. He could pitch multiple innings. Uh, he, you know, he used to be a starter. He can go two to three if you need him. It's kind of like, uh, you know, a middle reliever with some long reliever, you know, tendencies. I think Chris Stratton will be traded by the Pirates, and I think the Pirates could get decent value out of out of letting him go as well. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I think those are the six names, though. I'm sorry, I just refuse to put Brian Reynolds in in that uh, discussion just – because I, I I don't know I just don't think they do it I don't think I don't think there's going to be a trade offer where the Pirates get nearly enough value I think honestly Brian Reynolds' value has gotten too high where it's going to be difficult to trade him just because the price will be way too high I mean you look at it this season Brian Reynolds is already a three win player three war three F war and. Uh, you know, we're going to reach the halfway mark of the season Friday. He's on pace to be a six-win player. He is just crushing the ball. His eye is amazing. 316, 405, 542 slugging. The slugging continues to increase, too. Hit his 14th home run today. There's a chance he can hit 30 home runs. I just, I don't know. I don't see it. I think he's kind of played his way out of being a trade target just because at this point, I think the price is way too high. Yeah, Stratton being a free agent definitely helps that. I think, like, we, I don't, it's really difficult to see, like, six trades happen at the trade deadline. I mean, this is really, like, the first true trade deadline we've seen from Ben Sherrington. So it will yeah, be it'll be interesting, interesting to see. see. It'll be interesting to, to, to deduce 
what he's going to do simply because um, it's, you know, you want to hold on to guys because in reality, you could, you could hold on to a rich rod for an extra year and see what he does in a year. And he could, he could elevate his trade value. Now that value could also uh, depreciate. So that's the risk that you hold with holding on to guys with more years of control. But any guys that are free agents at the end of the year, it's it's difficult. But also, like, at the same time, you know, Max Kranich was discussing in, in an interview about how Chris Stratton has really helped him with uh, his curveball. And, hey, Max Kranich is probably one of the more exciting Pirates to be talking about right now, considering what he pulled off on Sunday. So, I mean, there is value also in keeping a guy like him around, keeping these veteran guys around, especially with the pitchers, because I feel like the way that things are going, the pitchers are going to be the ones that are coming up uh, sooner. We've seen it with uh, Cody Pines. We've seen it with now Kranich. And that, I think, I think the pitchers now are more ready. We'll see more new pitchers or more pitchers that we haven't really seen this year, more than position players. So I think having some of these veteran guys that they've interacted with in, in spring training, I think will also be a benefit. You know, that's exactly, you know, the, why you put veterans on these rebuilding teams so that they have someone to look up to, someone that they can, they can kind of, you know, learn from. And, and Strat could be that guy for, for many guys in the bullpen. Rich Rod can be a guy like that for guys in the bullpen. So, there is value, but at the same time, you have to improve the roster and you have to improve the, the farm system if if you can. And that's how you do it, by, by trading these guys. Yeah, there's definitely some to, something to be said for, you know, having the veteran presence. But uh, I guess we'll see. I say those six names as potential trade targets, but I don't think, obviously, I don't think all six will be traded. I just think... I guess at the end of the day, Frazier 100% will be traded, and I do think Rich Rod 100% will be traded. And you know what? I'll say Tyler Anderson 100% will be traded. But other than that, I mean, maybe some other names. We'll just have to see. But uh, one month away is uh, deadline is still a month away, and we have a lot of time. There's there's a lot of time for value to be assessed and whatnot looking ahead here before we wrap things up at the brewer series the first place milwaukee brewers have been on a tear lately they're 48 and 33 they're coming to today yeah i believe what they they were down (laughs) seven nothing in like the first inning then they scored 15 straight (laughs) yeah football game bro yeah, nice a nice good old fashioned Army versus Navy score there. Congrats, you get you get the Pirates this weekend. Four games. Seven. Yeah, four games against the Pirates. Looking at the pitching matchups here. Tomorrow, Will Crow will try to get his second win ever. Uh, that's gonna be really tough though, because the Pirates are facing off against Corbin Burns, who is just flat out nasty. Burns this season. Three and four with a two five three ERA. Um, uh, that's, that's a tough matchup Friday though. The pirates, this will be their chance to win. JT Brubaker gets the start 
and he will be facing off against Adrian Hauser. Brubaker this year, 4 and 7, 382 ERAs. Hauser, on the other hand, 4 and 5, 4.16 ERA. So they kind of get a break there. Perhaps the Pirates will be able to score a few runs. I know after watching this past series, that's kind of asking for a lot, but uh, we'll see. Um, and then on Saturday, it's still unlisted for the Pirates on ESPN. We'll see. Maybe maybe that's Ponds. Maybe that's someone else. I'm not sure, but they'll be facing There's off. There's a six-man rotation, so I guess yeah, exactly. it's tough it to tell. Be, so that would be – hold on. So if that would be whoever started Saturday would pitch again on Saturday, right? That makes – well, they didn't have any – Or Sunday. Off would that? Yeah, I think that would be – that would Krannick be Sunday, and Sunday was Cranick, but he was sent down. So I'm thinking it'll so it's probably going to be Cody Ponds. It'll be Ponds, perhaps. Maybe it's like some Tired sort of bullpen. Yeah, they do. Some sort of uh, bullpen game. But pitching for the Brewers, the Pirates will have another chance. It's Eric Lauer, who is not great. Two and three, 450 ERA in 44 innings so far this year. He's not, uh, he's not anything great. And then Sunday, to wrap things up, another tough – Tough matchup for the Pirates. Tyler Anderson gets the start. Anderson, I mentioned, has that four seven five ERA. He's three and eight. And they'll be facing off against Freddie Peralta, who uh Peralta's flat out nasty. His ERA this year is two point one seven. He's seven and two on the season. He has a hundred and twenty two strikeouts. Um it's gonna be a tough one. So I'll we'll say see this what- though. It is it is reopening weekend for uh, yeah. Pirates, so re-opening it is day. a 100% capacity uh, PNC Park. So uh, any of the Yenzers going out to a ball game this weekend, uh, it should be a very fun atmosphere. Uh, I live in Houston, so I went to a uh, an Astros game uh, for Memorial Day, and it was full capacity, and it felt just euphoric it was it was awesome and uh, of course on a weekend where you celebrate there's nothing more american man than fucking baseball so exactly. just enjoy the weekend everyone excuse my french but uh <laughs> yeah. why, why am i speaking french this is a baseball podcast we only speak american on the baseball podcast. american yes so Let me ask enjoy this, enjoy the weekend enjoy the fourth of july weekend uh to all of our listeners out there and uh hope that Everyone going to the park enjoys enjoys the atmosphere this weekend. Will the Pirates sell out a game this weekend? Absolutely. Yeah. They will. Uh, yeah. All right. That's uh, that's. I mean, pretty, if PNC Park. Pretty optimistic. If, if PNC Park hosted, um, you know, if PNC Park hosted an, a single A team, I think it would sell out. Now, if if the Pirates went to, uh, I don't know, like a lesser park, like a like a Lone Depot Park, or actually, that park's <laughs> really nice. I, or if they went to, like, Tropicana Field, I think – I don't know how many people would show up to uh, if the Pirates played all of their home games at Trot. But, yeah. <laughs> Make at least one sellout. All right. Book at least one sellout. I know my brother's going to the game tomorrow, so that should be fun. Um, we'll wrap things up right here. Jeremy, where are we following you on Twitter? You're following me on Twitter at Jeremy Brenner. That's J-E-R-E-M-Y-B-R-E. NER, and you're also following Bucks Dugan on Twitter for all things Pittsburgh Pirates on SBNation.com and on, on Twitter. Awesome. Follow me on Twitter at Nathan underscore 
Hirsch, H-U-R-S-H. And we will be back Sunday to review the Pirates' sweeping of the Monday. Brewers. It's a holiday. Uh, it's a yeah. holiday, so maybe. We'll see. Monday, perhaps. Monday. Possibly. Monday might, we might take the weekend off. We'll talk about it. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll be back at some point, though. Yeah. After this Brewers series, the Pirates do play the Braves, so that's another tough series for them. But uh, whenever we'll be back, we'll be recapping this Brewers series, potentially Atlanta series, and uh, we'll be back. Can't wait. Jeremy, any last thoughts? Uh, happy 4th of July, and you know the season's almost halfway over. Season <laughs> is almost halfway over. <laughs> All-Star break's almost here. It's crazy. Time flies. Mm -hmm. Can't wait to enjoy quite a few beverages this weekend. So, uh, Amen. Cheers. Cheers to you as well. Peace out, everyone.